Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 25 of Billy Bradley and Her Classmates. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Billy Bradley and Her Classmates by Janet D. Wheeler. Pretty Frocks. But Polly Haddon had not died. One very seldom does, of happiness. Some way, the girls managed to get her inside the hall and administer hot drinks and hot food, and in a surprisingly short time, she was herself again. Not quite herself, for she was beautified and transfigured with happiness into a very different Polly Haddon from the one the girls had known. Miss Walters was summoned and made her come into her own private rooms. Of course, the girls went also, and while Mrs. Haddon was stretched luxuriously on a couch in Miss Walters' sitting room, Billy told how she had frightened the simpleton into confessing his guilt and restoring the stolen goods. Billy was so modest about her leading part in the affair that Laura was forced to interrupt occasionally and, disregarding Billy's frowns, add a bit of explanation here and there that enabled her audience to visualize the thing just as it had happened. The machinery model had been brought inside and deposited in one of the study halls, and now Miss Walters asked Mrs. Haddon what she wished done with it. "'We can keep it here for you in the big school safe,' she suggested, "'or we can have it carried over to your house, just as you wish.' "'Oh, no, leave it here,' said Polly Haddon quickly. "'I will notify that Philadelphia Knitting Company that the invention has been recovered, and if they still wish to buy it, it probably will not remain here long.' "'Oh, how can I thank you all?' Her voice broke, and for a little while, all of them felt a bit uncomfortable, while Polly hadn't sobbed out her happiness and gratitude. It was over at last, however, and the girls were free to go back to their dormitory and the curiosity of their friends. Here, perched on the bed with Connie and Vi, Laura gave a graphic account of everything, just as it had happened, to a sympathetic audience of some twenty girls. She rang Billy's praises to such an extent that the poor girl tried to hide herself in an inconspicuous corner, only to be dragged forth into the limelight again by a couple of laughing and heartless maidens. "'You get up there where you belong,' cried one of them, shoving Billy up into the center of the bed, which was already overcrowded with giggling girls. "'Don't you know that you're real, honest-to-goodness heroine?' "'And for the second time today,' drawled Rose Belser, her eyes fixed a little enviously upon Billy's pretty, flushed face. Wasn't it enough to win the prize? 
without going and getting yourself in the limelight again? Laura and Vi flushed angrily, for there was a little malice under the question, but Billy took it all good-naturedly. Well, I didn't do it on purpose. Not the last part, anyway, she said. We know you didn't, honey, said Connie, ruffling Billy's dark curls fondly. You're just naturally talented. By the way, asked Laura, after an interval of skylarking, does anybody know what happened to Amanda? She was suspended, replied one of the girls. And I thought it was a pity she wasn't expelled, spoke up another. Poor Eliza, drawled Rose. I wonder what she will do without her master. Does anybody know who won the second prize? asked Laura carelessly. What a queer question to ask, said Caroline Brandt, who had been dreaming about the thesis she was going to write and had hardly heard a word of the conversation. You did, of course. It took a little time for this to sink in, for Laura had long ago given up hope of winning a prize for herself. But when it did finally beat its way into her mind, she straightway proceeded to turn the place upside down in her hilarity. She found Billy's sewing basket, dumped out its contents, and turned it upside down on her head for a crown. Then she draped a bedspread about her shoulders, queen fashion, and two of her classmates caught up the dangling ends that formed a train. Then they marched through the halls, crying, Way for the queen! and gathering a crowd of giggling girls as they went. What's it all about? Queen, indeed! Just look at her with that work basket on her head! They are having the sport because Laura took the second prize in that composition contest. Oh, that's it, is it? Well, I'm glad they showed up Amanda, and Billy Bradley certainly deserved the first prize. The merriment grew louder, and presently the crowd made Laura mount a stand and deliver what they called an oration. Tell us about making linen dusters for the Laplanders, suggested one girl. Or overcoats for the heathens in Africa, suggested another. Or how to make sponge cake from live sponges. Or why Washington didn't use submarines when his army crossed the Delaware. I can talk, but I can't make a speech, declared Laura. In other words, I could say something if I could only frame my speech. Properly, that is. If she could only get her tongue to working, broke in by, and at this the assembled girls roared. It was only when rumor said that Miss Walters was coming their way that the hilarious party broke up and scurried for home and safety. Take off that ridiculous thing, cried Billy, jerking at the bedspread, herself weak from laughing, and give me back my work basket, woman, before Miss Walters catches you and sends you after Amanda. Goodness, said Laura, meekly handing Billy her property. Do you think she would? It may suit Amanda fine to be suspended but I'm more comfortable the way I am. And so the time wore on, with studies and lessons and fun, until the girls woke up one day to find that the summer holidays were almost upon them. Mrs. Haddon had sold the knitting machinery model to the Philadelphia concern at a price that was a fortune to her. The little white cottage had been remodeled and furnished prettily, and Polly Haddon had grown prosperous and handsome, and oh, so happy. But the most remarkable thing to the girls was the change in Mary and Isabel and Peter Haddon. The children, who had been such sorry little waifs in their poverty, had grown almost beautiful in the days of their prosperity. Polly Haddon's pride in them and their pretty clothes 
was almost pathetic. The Northern girls and Connie were often visitors at the little cottage, and sometimes the boys went with them on their visits, and were treated to a dinner of waffles and maple syrup that, to quote Chet, would make an Indian's hair curl. And now, as the girls realized how fast the time was flying, they conceived the idea of giving a party. Not a small party, but a real one with cake and ice cream and snappers and everything. I wonder, breathed Vi daringly, if Miss Walters would mind if we should ask a few of the boys. Just a very few, you know. There would have to be enough to go around, interposed Billy. I should say so, said Connie with emphasis, especially as Billy is sure to have at least two of them. I want to dance with Teddy and Paul Martinson once or twice myself, my dear, she said, eyeing the laughing Billy sternly. And I'm quite sure dear Rose will, too, especially Teddy, murmured Laura maliciously. They found that Miss Walters was quite willing to let them have the party and the boys, too, provided the latter did not stay too late, and then the plans began in earnest. They sent invitations to about twenty of the boys at the academy, and the invitations were accepted promptly and eagerly. About two days before the great event, the girls decorated the two big sitting rooms on the ground floor, which Miss Walters had said they could use, and when they had finished, no ballroom ever looked prettier. Even the girls said so. Then, at last, came the morning of the great day, then the afternoon, and then the evening, and time for the girls to dress. They had brought out their best party frocks for the occasion, and the closest chums had compared colors carefully, so that they would be sure not to clash. Billy was to wear a pale green net, with a touch of pink, Laura light blue, Connie had chosen a lovely rose pink that went well with her fluffy fairness, and Vi had decided on golden yellow that made her look like a queen. Rose Belser was dressed in an expensive black frock that was far too old for her, but that set off her dark prettiness admirably. There was Nellie Bain in white, and a number of other girls were in pretty frocks of varied hues. All were flushed and laughing and excited, and their happiness made every one of them pretty. "'Oh, aren't I beautiful?' cried Laura, with engaging frankness, as she pirouetted before the mirror. Then she turned to Billy and hugged her rapturously. "'And you're gorgeous, honey,' she cried. "'I see where we don't get even a boy apiece tonight.' The boys arrived early. It was lucky that Billy could dance with only one boy at a time, or there might not have been enough to go round. "'I say, Billy,' Teddy cried once, waltzing her over into a corner, and gazing at her wonderingly. I never knew you could look like that. What is it, anyway? This green and pink thing? Lifting a piece of filmy net gingerly between his thumb and finger. Billy looked up impishly in his face, while one foot kept time with the music. Don't ask me, she said. It's because I'm so happy, I guess. Oh, come on, Teddy, let's dance. It was some time later that the three classmates happened to find themselves together and alone. "'Desoited!' cried Laura dramatically. "'Where's yours, Billy?' "'Gone to get me some ice cream,' said Billy. "'Wonderful!' cried Laura. "'So has mine.' "'And mine,' added Vi. They giggled happily for a minute, and then Billy reached out and put an arm about each of her chums. She hugged them close, regardless of pretty frocks." "'Girls,' she said contentedly, 
I think I'm the very happiest girl in the world. Except me, said Laura. And me, echoed Vi. And to think, she added, after they had contentedly watched the happy crowd for a few moments, to think that in a few short weeks vacation will be here. Well, said Laura decidedly, if we have any more fun this summer than we've had this winter, we'll have to go some. We shall indeed, said Billy, happily. End of chapter 25 Read by Nancy Cochran Gergen Gilbert, Arizona November 20, 2022 End of Billy Bradley and Her Classmates by Janet D. Wheeler